you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We get this off with a two-minute warning. A little surprise. Falls back, throws. football program available on apple podcasts and at nfl.com slash ddfp now here's your host dave damashek ah the dream ends for the eagles and their fans great run though by nick Foles and company enjoy it you finally got the lombardi i don't uh, suspect that too many people in Philadelphia are hanging their heads right now. Either way, hi and hello, and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented as always by Head and Shoulders. Let's look back at everything that we saw in the divisional round, and even more importantly, let's look forward to those two title games awaiting our eyeballs, our hearts, our guts, and otherwise, and the star of the new movie coming up on February 8th, Under the Eiffel Tower. Matt Walsh is going to join us right now, though, Let's take a deep dive into these two title games with our main man from Duval County, or actually the East Bay, more accurately, Maurice Jones-Drew. I'm a little sad, even though we're not in Studio 66, we only have three pro football games of note left on the schedule. Four. Four? What's four there? Pro Bowl. I said of note. I guess that's no, no, no. It's it is noteworthy. noteworthy. People are going to One that counts to all-time records and stuff like that. Although paid, playoffs though. don't count. Exactly. Technically. And records really, playoff records, yeah, they don't really Poor Reggie much. Wayne. Well, either way, he's not going to be poor when he gets that gold jacket, you know? Yeah, no. when he, and he is going to get that. Anyway, hi and hello, and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. Presented, as always, by Head and & Shoulders, and you already heard his voice. Spoiler alert, it is the voice of the longtime Jacksonville Jaguar, the UCF. LA Bruin legend, the one year in Oakland. Now he's our best pal here at NFL Media and one half of the great radio broadcast team of the Los Angeles Rams, who, as uh, as it would happen, 
is involved in one of those two games upcoming mm. on Sunday. It's Maurice Jones-Drew. What's the poop, fella? I'm doing well, Shaq. Just, Are just you? very excited about, you know, going down to the bayou. Are you excited about that trip? Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, um, you know, me and the Saints fans, we've been having some back and forth, which has been, you know, amazing. And, and I always love the banter back, and um, it's been good. But it's going to be a great For game. For the record, because our conversations over the last – five months now really have gotten a fair amount of attention on uh, on social media and otherwise mm -hmm. and yeah. i've gotten a lot of uh charges laid at my head you like it when you get that kind of stuff that's yeah, what just, it's just, all about just, just right? no no it's not i always just try not to give you i try to give you my what i when i see stats or when i see things my opinion on it how i feel about it i, I don't you know i don't know what else to tell you some people call me a hater and that may be. I we don't might know. have to change the name of our segment to uh, the hater and the homer. Yeah, the hater and the homer. Unfair, Maybe. the second part of that one. But either way, Maurice, let's talk about those Rams. Let's pick up where we left off. One week ago, we sat in this very spot, and we talked about the difference maker. I said the X factor going into these uh, NFC playoffs would be Todd Gurley and the health of that knee. He looked dynamite against Ooh. America's team uh, last weekend. But you pointed to the guy who wasn't even on the roster until week 16, C.J. Anderson. Yeah, C.J. Anderson's uh, done a phenomenal job. A guy that can run the same system that the Rams run, kind of come out of that Gary Kubiak stretch zone, which Kyle Sh uh, Shanahan, Mike Shanahan system, where that's where McVay kind of came under in the Redskins, uh, which is nice. So you have a lot of ter similar terminology. But, you know, the, the crazy thing was he brings a different style to that. He brings a more rugged, mm -hmm. downhill, going to run you over, break break tackles type of thing where Todd Gurley is more of the home run hitter, and we saw that. So they, they complement each other well. And then the other thing we talked about was the home road split for the Cowboys, how they play so much better at home than they do on the road, and it showed up. That defense didn't show up again, and that was something that I was really concerned with, and it concerns me in some of the games we have this week. Sean McVay's team has shown the ability to travel. They did stumble, though, in a great ball game down in New Orleans the last time these two teams played. Let's start with, I guess, the biggest difference with the exception of C.J. Anderson now playing a featured role in that Rams offense is uh, is the removal of Sheldon Rankins. How big an impact well, does that yeah, that's make That's going to be that huge. Team? Sheldon Rankins is a phenomenal pass rusher, run stopper for the Saints, um, a guy that was getting pressure and sacks, which helps out Cam Jordan on the outside. Uh, you remove him, now you have um, another – I just thought his name it slipped my mind, but uh, another guy who, who can rush the passer, just not as explosive and dynamic as uh, Sheldon Rankin. So it, it hurts. But let's also remember, too, Aqib Tlaib joins the, the group. He wasn't True. in that game. And, and so the Rams' defense has changed a little bit with him coming in, a little different dynamic. So uh, I'm really excited to see – what happens and who covers Michael Thomas? Because Michael Thomas, for some reason, seems like he can be guarded, is uncoverable. Um, and then how that plays out. Well, what do you anticipate then? Give us your expert insights. Who does uh, try to pick him up? Marcus Peters flapping his gums, not shy about doing that after getting torched by the uh, by yeah, the Saints you, last you, time. You know what? This is, it's a week. Every every week is a new season now. Right? In the second, we call it the second season. But you know, I've I've never made it to this point. I know a lot of people have pointed that out on Twitter. Um, and that's fine. Neither I have I, Maurice. Right, neither have they, but it's okay. But I've won four national titles in high school, so it's okay. I've been there before. <laughs> but I'll say this. Um, I mean, not, not the same. Marcus Peters right. 
you know, he understands the challenge. And, and speaking with him and, and a lot of other guys in this locker room that, you know, they're going to test you. And you have to be ready. And I think he – I think he'll – I, me personally, I think he'll get an interception because hmm. of the way he prepares. But, you know, again, he plays better with Aqib Tlaib out there. Aqib does a really good job of, you know – Calming everyone down on the back end, on the, on the safeties hmm. and the corner, and other, you know other guys that step in. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think they're going to try to run the ball. Drew Brees going to utilize that play action pass, and they do it well. Um, Benjamin Watson though is a guy that I'm nervous about because he he only comes up in timely games to make hmm. big plays. So we'll see how that goes. Off- Ooh, Maurice, I would dismiss that one and move on because it seems like a deep dive, but. You've had a knack for plucking a name out and Listen, having man. him loom large in the ball game, Ben Watson, eh? That's why I'm trying to let, say it and move on. I see. Um, but I'll say this. I think the Rams' offense is starting to click, and they're finding ways to win games. To score 30 points without throwing a touchdown pass lets you know how dangerous they are both running the ball and throwing the ball. So they can, they can do a lot. Does From your perception, Jared Goff, year three, big road game, he doesn't have pressure per se, I wouldn't say, on him. Obviously, one of the best teams in the NFL this season. And last, but a road trip for the kid. I feel like everybody's talking about Gurley and to some degree C.J. Anderson. That takes the pressure off of 16 a and the, little and the, bit, And right? that's what you want. You, you want the pressure on the backs because, again – you're running the ball. Your offensive line's playing well. You're being able to protect golf. The one thing that golf and, – and I'll say the matchup that we that was very concerning was that Philadelphia won, right? Now, people are like, oh, you picked the Eagles to win. I did it understanding that that might be a, an issue that the Rams don't want to see because Fletcher Cox and those guys can get pressure from the inside. Mm-hmm. And that's where you saw um, when they played a couple weeks ago – that's where Jared doesn't do well with. And so those bigger defensive tackles that can get power and push the line back kind of get him a little nervous. So uh, I think now going against a Saints um, defense that don't have those big guys in the middle that, that are going to use power and push and those type of things, uh, that then that's going to help out the Rams a little bit in I, their offense. I, I, I am curious, do you, I assume you're – the personification of a of a Rams guy who would have been who would have been able to just stay in Los Angeles had the Eagles pulled that game out. Are you sitting there uh, rooting for? Do you imagine Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, Sean no, McVay no, no, no. are also gathered round TVs rooting for the Eagles to pull it out so that they have a home game in the title? No, 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 no. I, I've um, <clears throat> I, I firmly believe that they didn't. It didn't matter who they played. You know, they were just watching it to to see kind of scouting the game, right? Like, all right, this is what they do. This is what they try to do, those type of things. But um, I, I think the matchup is better for the Rams. It was to play the Saints. That's mm. what I feel. I think they just match it. It's a different matchup. Um, it, their, their, their offensive line match up better with that defensive line than they would do the Eagles. So, so from a personnel standpoint, you like that matchup, but the Rams are better served, in your estimation, going into the Superdome, loud as it is, and yeah. they play music 20 seconds into the play clock, which is right. crazy that that's allowable as a side note. But anyway, uh, that's a better matchup ultimately than well, having the Eagles pay them a visit in the Coliseum. Well, yeah, because so you have to remember, they've, well, they lost about to both of those teams, right. one. But they've been down to the Bayou. They played down in the Bayou. It was a big game. It was a big time. Everyone was there. Everyone talked about it. It was a high-scoring game, and they stumbled. Now, they they got a turnover from the Saints, but when Coach McVay decided to kick that field goal 
and then they do the fake field goal, and then they didn't get it. Then that's when the onslaught came. But then they came roaring back, right? So uh, I think they're they're they're. They're, they're, it was okay for them to play whoever because they've seen them before and they're confident that they can go and play in New Orleans or play the Eagles here. So uh, to me, I just feel like just the, they just match up. Like it's a better matchup to play the Saints than it was the Eagles because, yeah, like like I don't know what it is about Nick Foles. I keep telling people, like, it wasn't, there's no reason for me to pick Nick Foles but that he did it last year and then he was doing it again, and I was shook. I was like, I, you're not gonna, I'm not going to look like a fool twice. Right. And so now everyone's like, oh, you look like a fool. You picked it. But no, every Saints fan, that last drive before he threw the pick, were terrified. I was watching the game, looking at people in the stands' faces. They were shook because you believe in that Nick Foles magic, whatever it might be, whatever it is. And so it is what it is. Like they lost. I was wrong. Hey, but guess what? The That's Rams fine. The let's let's not live in the rearview mirror, except that I want to for a second. But first, Maurice Jones drew Rams. At Saints, a trip to Super Bowl 53 on the line. The final score is? Ooh. 43-40. 43-40. My goodness. So it's going to be a gem. It'll be 35-32. 35-32. And the winner? The Rams. The Los Angeles Rams. All right. Let's talk about what might have been. You know, I like to go down the rabbit hole NFL style and ask what if. What if we talk about Nick Foles? It's something I've been talking about for five weeks now. I said it would take three regular season wins by Nick Foles to get some momentum in Philadelphia and beyond for people to be talking about. Maybe we should keep Foles instead of Wentz or figure out uh, a different approach here. And it only took really one win for that to happen. But he goes, he wins that big road game in Chicago with the last second drive or the last minute drive. What if Alshon Jeffrey catches that ball, third and three at the 20. What do you think happens after that? Uh, I, I think they go down and score. I think they find a way to get the, you know, because you're third and three, so you're in four-down territory. You got to get two more downs to get three yards. That's easy. Um, but then I think they go down and score it with minimal time left, and then all of a sudden the Nick Foles magic is there, right? It seemed based on uh, Peterson's play calling that he was lucid about oh, yeah. the time. We, oh, not just not let's just get the one point lead, but also let's make sure that there's no. We're not giving no... you the ball yet. We're not right. giving you the ball back because you can go down the field and score with your offense. So um, no, it was it was it was really it was going to be one of those that drive. It was because it's funny. The Saints missed the field goal just like, and it reminded me of what happened with the Bears, and I was like, oh. Spaghettios, we're gonna have a problem. You know what I thought of? I thought of another dominant number one seed, the Minnesota Vikings, way back in 1998 when you were about four uh, years old. No, I was I was not four years old, bro. I was 13. We're 13 years of age. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were so old. The uh, my 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 apologies. Um, Okay, so let's say that Nick Foles does do it, and the Eagles, for however long they have to repress Drew Brees in the final seconds, are able to do that. And now the story is this week, Nick Foles has won two playoff games on the road with courageous last-minute drives and to pull it out, Rams and who fan, cares what he's I'm at? terrified. Okay, but what if you're an e- what if you're not an Eagles fan? What if you're Howie Roseman? What if you're Doug Peterson? Oh, you have what to make a decision. You have to make a decision, and I, I always, I, when I work out in the mornings, I listen to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah's Move the Six podcast, just because I do we do hours differently, but they talk about do you want to go with the talent or do you want to go with the guy that wins games? Mm-hmm. You are, like I'm in the game. I'm in the business of winning games. I'm gonna be like, look, we'll trade Carson Wentz 
for two or three first round picks to somewhere, you know, maybe. Do you think that happens, though? Because what seems clear, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman are, are, are cagey enough to not go in front of a microphone and say, you know, maybe we do need to consider Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Right. But it seems clear that those guys and a fair percentage of the players understand that Nick Foles is doing exactly what you say. I don't know how, why this is the case, but this guy, nine is better in our system than 11 right. is at this point. Well, what nine forces you to do is run the ball a little bit more, be more balanced, and I think that's important. But hmm. um, with that being said, like, I'm in the business of winning games. I want to win championships, right? That's what the teams want to do. Um I think Carson Wentz gives you opportunities to be competitive and compete for Super Bowls, but the last couple of years have been banged up. So now I'm like, look, what can we get for him? Right? So I'm going to shop around, see what we can do, and then possibly go trade him and then have Nick Foles where we can lock in. We get, we got, we're adding, you know, draft capital, those type of things, but you, you don't have that anymore because they lost. So it is, it's what if. What I, if it I happened? Like, you know, I love the what if stuff, and I do think it would have created a more tempestuous offseason in Philadelphia oh. because there'd be a lot of people talking well, about every, that. Well, all the fans that I hear that work here at NFL Media, the Eagles fans, they go, well, you know, we thank Nick Foles, but Wentz is our guy. I'm surprised by that. I've right. I've I've taken the temperature, and everybody seems to get that Wentz is the more talented guy. Right. I wonder if everybody's a pedigree snob like I. Even I, though, would say you really got to think about Foles. I suspect that they'll uh, Nick Foles does not strike me based on his public comments and what people say behind the scenes. He doesn't seem desperate to be a number one guy. It's not like yeah, I'll get me to Jacksonville so I can be a hero down there. He's like, ah, I'm I'm fine backing up Wentz. I don't care. It's, uh, right. I enjoy this team and i enjoy being around that seems more important to him at this point so maybe you'll until, get to have until, your cake until and until too. he sees that the the check come through then he'll be like all right i'll be number one well, they decide to keep him he does make 20 million dollars and that's what having your big time qb on his rookie deal Ooh. affords you the ability to do all right let's now talk about uh, what goes on talk about a rookie a, a guy on his uh, rookie deal Mm-mm. playing like a savvy an mvp in fact he soon will be the MVP. Yes, I don't he will. know that uh, there's much debate about that at this point. It's cr- so I, this is so I've talked to a lot of people, and again, this is going to sound like some Saints hate, but it's not. Um, there's a lot of people in the MVP that voted, and they and in the MVP you see uh, Drew Brees' career stats and not his this season stats. Um, granted, his season stats are down because they're running the ball more. They're doing some different things. They're winning differently. But I don't think that's fair because the MVP is a yearly award, not a season award. Um, I think Drew Brees has deserved it in other years that he didn't get it because the team wasn't winning in those situations. But to try to take it away from Patrick Mahomes, and, and the justification that I'm hearing is, well, Patrick will win it another year. What, what is but this how do, nonsense? Like, like how, how do you know that? Right, really? how do you know that? Like, you don't know what can happen, right? And so um, I don't be surprised if Drew Brees wins MVP. If that happens, it would be among the more ludicrous votes, and there have been a lot of them over the years with these MVP-type things. But Drew Brees had essentially the same year, and the Saints had essentially the same year that they had in 2017. Look at what the Chiefs did from last year to this year. How different, how much more dynamic they are. How they've gone further. Right, essentially the same pieces, and in fact, the diminished defense, and yet they are the story. I mean, these curmudgeonly voters, if they do the wrong thing here and go against Mahomes, I don't know what. Well, I mean, you know, I think everyone has to have that signature that signature play, and I get Drew Brees is the one where he breaks the record and um, those type of things, but I'll say this. 
you know, that no-look pass that he threw in a game. Now, people, oh, Aaron Rodgers has done it. Like, but no one's done it like that. Like, scrambling and just letting it rip. That, that mm-hmm. to me, shows that he's at a different level. He threw game. a curveball in the divisional round game. Did the he? ball literally curved in the uh, Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, he threw it around the guy, right? Yeah, like, he can play, man. And and I, I, I've talked to a lot of people. I'm not... I always try to be keep my analyst hat on because that's what I get uh, paid to do, and I always want to analyze. But when I watch him, I become a fan hmm. because it's exciting to see those type of things. Now, I, I try not to have my kids that I coach do those type of things, but it is what it is. Here's the here's the caveat or the asterisk that a curmudgeon could throw out. There's no this is not the time, or at least the instinct would be to get conservative. This is why head coaches get conservative because it doesn't the moment's too big. You don't do right. splashy stuff. But I suspect, and the conversation has been the last few days, and and rightly, all four of these defenses, now that you pluck Sheldon Rankins out, they're, they're the four best offenses by point total over the course of the season. All four, though, w- w- I, I, again, assuming that they struggle the Saints without Rankins in there, should be susceptible on the ground. The other three teams have been all through the season. I think, yes, it makes sense. And I said that to you, and I said it to Willie McGinnis, and, uh, and is Sony Michelle is the main man now in that, uh, in yeah. that New England offense. It's no. not 12. It's not anybody else that you want to point to. So, the guy Michelle, is Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle uh, in that last game, you know, I think it was – because what I love about New England, and, and I think a lot of people, they should do it, they game plan by team, Right. They're really good at a lot of things, mm-hmm. but they they specifically switch their game plan week to week, where a lot of teams don't do that. Um, you come out with seven DBs as the Chargers did. We're going to run down your throat. We're going to make those guys tackle. Get our big guys on them. Mm-hmm. We'll go. They ran a play. Um, the I want to say it was the f- second touchdown run by Sony Michelle. It's like a lead draw. That is the oldest play in the book in the West Coast offense called Fox Two Run, and. Fox two run is literally it's – it's off a of protection that you take shots down the field, but no one ever runs the run play uh, just because they just like, oh, people don't – no, no reason to run it. They ran it and scored because you never see it. Hmm. So they went deep in the playbook and pulled this play out, and, like, you score a touchdown. So, when, like, when I – we used to run it in college, and it was like that was one of the best plays I've ever been around of was a Fox two run because it's a draw with a lead blocker. Um, guys rush up the field, quarterback looks like he's dropping back, you have a lead blocker. It, it, it seems to me it's, it's a play, but to see them pull that out, I've never seen them – I've watched a lot of uh, Patriots. I've never seen them run that play. Um, it, it was nice to see that. So that's what scares me about the Patriots is you can't game plan for what they did last week because that last week doesn't matter to them. It just seems so elementary, though, that that is the way that they should go at the, the Chiefs this week is to try – and grind it, and as everybody points out, spin the clock and keep it away from the electric Patrick Mahomes and company, right? Well, yeah, I think that's – I mean, they did that to the Chargers because the Chargers' offense is alleged and they have matchup problems. But um, I think I think it's, it's tough because Mahomes is such a like, – he can score like that. So you could do all that all you want to. I mean, I, I, I called the Rams-Chiefs games where McVay was like, forget trying to run the clock on him. We're going to shoot it out. We're going to see if we're going to put our defense on the field and see if they can get a, a still a uh, possession or not. But I think with the Patriots, it's the same way. You have to, you're going to have to score, period. Like, you scored 41. That's the rules. You ex- have to you score. Will, you are going to have to score. No, 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 no. You're going to have to score points. Oh, I get the bit. I get what you're Like, you're going to have to out 
outscore the the Chiefs more than try to slow them down. Is that what you anticipate then? You, uh, I think it is going to be a high. I think, I think both games are going to be in the 30s. Really, I yeah. cause it, I, it makes sense to me. But I I think the one again the asterisk I point on put put on this is I do think that the Chiefs. Um, are kind of built at this point, or I'm sorry, they're not built for this, but I think that they should try to run the ball with Williams and Spencer Ware because that's how you can have your way against the New England defense. And I think, by the way, I got a lot of heat on Twitter for saying, hey, the the sky isn't falling just yet, Chargers. At 21-7, they started to make a little bit of hay with Melvin Gordon, and I said, just ride that for a little bit. Try and spin the clock down to the end of uh, the half. Maybe get some points there and come out and get the ball at the start of the second. Everybody mocked me because it was quickly 35-7. to But I think that that is the recipe. But I do think that what they need to do, the Chiefs and the Patriots, I think both teams will try to strike fast. I, well, I think they're both going to run the ball because that's what you how you win But you want to jump ahead first. But yeah, I you want to – well, it was interesting to see the Patriots take the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never do that, huh? And that was they were like, "Look, we're we're going to come and you're going to let your offense sit in the cold, and we're going to go out there and go." Um, but again, like I said, I, I just I really believe that you know this is going to be a, a really good coaching game, and and I think Andy Reid and Bill Belichick are t- some of the top two coaches in the game. I think arguably the top two best in the hmm. game and what they're able to do. I think that's do. completely fair. For, um, I mean, Sean McVay yes. is a revelation. Let's see right. what he does in the next uh, half decade or so. But Andy Reid deserves more a, credit right. than what he gets. And he's been doing it for a long time. Yes. And he, and But a remember, Super Bowl trip, a second Super Bowl trip, would really enhance uh, yeah, what we think and of he, him. But he had, I, think, I think this is probably the most talented offense he's had. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and it's hard to say that when you have Shady McCoy and Deshaun Jackson and all those guys. Mm-hmm. But... Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, some of these other players that are making plays, you're on your third back in Damian Williams. That's your third guy, and he's rushing for hundreds of – like, this offense is built to to score and do what they want. I, I it's To me, it goes back to this, and I, and I said this last week about the Dallas Cowboys. I'll say it again about the New England Patriots. Your home road games. The Patriots, I want to say, are 3-5 and five on the road. All their losses are on the road. That's, that's concerning to me. Mm-hmm. How do you and, and and if anyone can change that, it could be Tom Brady and the Patriots. But similar to the Cowboys, they were three and five on the road too. They play lights out at home, but on the road it's a little bit different. And so I think that's something that that's real concerning. Where you look at the Rams Saints, they're they're both equally just as good at home as they were on the road. It was no big like it is what it is. All right. Who has the coaching edge? Hard to ever say anybody would have an edge over Belichick. But oh, I'm always going to give it to Belichick with those those rings. Now, if Andy Reid had a week, like if this game was played last week, I'd give it to Andy Reid because he, he does a phenomenal job with a week of preparation going in an extra week. But I would I, I would say Belichick has it just because, you know, he has five rings. Belichick 11-8 and eight when he sees the same team a second time in the postseason. 11-8? and eight? Yeah, pretty good. But not dominant. Right. So, but I, but I, but that ultimately favors Belichick. And uh, who does it, uh, the frigid temps predicted? Who does that favor? Does that inhibit the passing game? That hurts no. the defense, right? You just no, don't want to try to tackle those. I guys. don't. I don't know because both teams play well in the cold. We saw that with the Chiefs in that snowstorm against the Colts. They, I mean, they played well. And then you talk about the Patriots, what they were able to do with. Uh, the Chargers, I mean, putting up 41 and that type of, so I, I think that kind of makes it, it's a even, that to me, that's even. It doesn't favor anyone. They both do well in that part. All right. Lay it on us then, Maurice. AFC title game. Old man Brady v. the young gun Patrick Mahomes, the final score from Arrowhead. 
Who gets the ticket to Super Bowl 53? 38-35. That's what I'm feeling in my bones. And the winner? Don't Tom, this is not this is not against you. You'll you'll win another one soon. But I have to go with the Chiefs. <laughs> well, Hopefully. The Chiefs, I just I just think I just think Mahomes I just Mahomes is serious, man. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady's serious too. Don't get me wrong. He's he, he, I'm not making fun of you. You you won a big divisional round game on the road. Yeah, or I'm sorry, you you won a big wild card game on the road in uh, in uh, under adverse uh, conditions. Of, right. You know, in terms of weather and otherwise, good defense in Pittsburgh. You did that. Did you feel more pressure in the next round? Will Patrick Mahomes feel like? Will he feel the gravity of? Okay, listen, I took care of business against a good defense in Indiana. This is for the Super Bowl. No, I don't think – see, that's the thing. I don't think he feels that. I don't think either one. I don't think Tom feels that. I don't well, think, I don't think Tom – I, actually, I think you could make a case Tom Brady feel, yeah. seeing the end of the road uh, in sight now might be yeah, more well, susceptible but, to that. But, you know, he's talked about playing two more years, three more years. I don't think you see – I think Mahomes is just – Whatever it is, him growing up in the locker room or whatever it may be, he doesn't feel that type of pressure. To him, it's like, whatever. And, and that is, that's scary because you have a young guy who's confident in what his abilities are, and those guys around him are really confident. Um, and they score points. And the number one, we're the number one scoring team, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to keep up with them. Let me, ask, uh, let me ask you this. If we can assume everybody who's watched uh, three minutes of football in the last decade says the same thing over and over again, Belichick's will we'll make sure that your number one weapon ain't going to beat you. So that means he's going to take away Tyreek Hill, who torched him the first time in Foxborough, and Travis Kelsey. Does this then mean that Damian Williams or Sammy Watkins emerges as well, the MVP that's, well, or that's, behind 15 as the uh, as the key factor to this game? Well, that's the thing. Like, Sammy Watkins is a guy that comes in. He's a top-five pick. We'd never talk about him. He's been hurt, but it, he makes plays. He can play. Like, they have so many weapons out there, it's, it's hard to really focus in on one guy. I think the one way you do stop them is you don't allow them to go deep. You force them to dink and dunk down the field, and then he'll get – you know, impatient and throw the ball deep. And I think that's what the Patriots is that I agree with that. But I think the Tyree kill is such a phenom. And we talked about that when the Rams and Chiefs were playing that game in the Coliseum. And the thing that was striking to me in that 54-51 gem, and that's why I'd love to see a rematch of that in Super Bowl 53, because it was so uh, electric out there, is the, the overarching thing that individuals, including you and the guys who were playing in the game, said was, I've never seen anything like Tyree Kill. That right. speed is impossible. And I feel like they were doing their best in Foxborough, those Patriots, to take away Tyree Kill. And they couldn't do it. And they couldn't do it. I don't know that you can ultimately – let's take away the deep shots. Good. Okay, try. Well, that's the thing. You Does gotta, the cold you, take it away? No, because the only thing that takes away the pass is the wind, if it's windy. Mm. And if it's not windy, then you can throw the ball however you want. We saw that yesterday or last week. But – the thing is, you have a guy with – I think he has the strongest arm in the NFL with the fastest guy in the NFL. That's hard to, that's hard to cover because no matter what you do, he could, you're going to have a guy take the top off, and then you have the second probably fastest guy in Sammy Watkins who can run right behind. Like, 
or Travis Kelsey. Like they just have a, a nice mixture of things going on, and I, I really would like to see Eric Bieniemy uh, in a Super Bowl and get a chance to call that game. I think boy, that would be fun. Yeah, I know that uh, that you have a personal interest in yeah. seeing that happen for your guy, guy who coached at UCLA. Um, yeah, so uh, so all right. Enjoy your trip to uh, the new. Will you and uh, JB Long go out for a meal? <laughs> I got to be go careful where I go oysters. because I know you know the folk down there don't aren't big fans of mine right now. So I got to try to mend that so I don't you know get you know try to put something in my food or something. You know what I mean? I hear you. Don't do that to me, people. I'm, I'm just no, here. I'm just here. Right I'm just here so I don't get fined. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to enjoy enjoy life. Don't don't hurt me. Wear some beads or something like that to fit I ain't in. Wearing no be- I ain't wearing no beads. No Jack. beads? No, I ain't doing all that. All right. Pelican's hat? My, my, I got family out of New Orleans, so I got to call my family. I'm going to call Reggie Wayne, too, to see if Reggie Wayne can hook me up with some of his friends. They don't jump on me or something. You know what I mean? Maurice, by the way, that's a good question for you. What is the best city, football town to visit when you have, like, all right, it's Saturday. The game's not till tomorrow. We can go out have a nice meal. We can oh. enjoy the. We can enjoy the best the place that I've, the best place that I've been. I would have to say, in a, in a, this is the thing with New Orleans, Pittsburgh. This is the thing with New Orleans. Um, those the people down there, they know how to party, mm-hmm. and the food is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and they find any reason to party down there, and that's what makes it special. It's not when you say party too. I want to make it. They clear party to the stadium. That's they right. play music and they march and drink and but have a I great time to the like, stadium. That is mean, the best thing. I watched an LSU Alabama game there a couple years ago. We we went down there, um, and it was un- we were just at some bar. I don't know where, but me and a bunch of the of my coworkers there with the Rams, and it was packed full of people. It, it had to be 300 degrees outside. Had to be 300 degrees. Steaming. This was hot then. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it was blister. Uh-huh. And they acted like it was just a regular day. That's just throwing right. them back. I was like, oh, my goodness. Give me two drinks and a glass of water, and I need the pitcher of water. When so you I say can... when you say party too, I'm not talking about some frat house No, thing. no, 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 no. These people on the streets, uh, on every neighborhood, are playing music. They're dancing. They have great a vibes. different way. It's a I great don't know. vibe, it, it man. Is, it is something, if I could capture it and put it into my heart, I wish I had uh, one-tenth they of what the average. They spell go different, which is awesome. I love that. I, it's, it's all, I, listen. I it, love that about it. It's, it it's, it's, it's great. a great place. I, like I said, I, this has nothing to This is not personal, people. This is just my job. I love it. I saw right after they won that Super Bowl the the joy that it brought to that region, those oh, people. Yes. That was amazing. After the tough times the that Katrina, they had. But yeah. beyond, you just sense that good times or bad – those people are out in the streets, and and, and they I've have... never I've never tailgated in Pittsburgh. All right, never tailgated there. Don't. We did. I did go though we when Jags like win the division. Yeah, right, it was zero degrees. It, it was cold. You out dispatched there. your offspring. To I know snowballs. At my I did people, not dispatch anything. My offspring. They listen, did it on their own. Huh? We're Jags fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're Jags fans, and we were in our second home, and their people were trying to break in our house. We can't have that. All right, we can't. We gotta. We gotta protect our fortress up there. Fair. Heinz Field. Hey, people love it when we talk about the AFC North. So, uh, so quickly, I suspect that based on this, uh, by the way, powerhouse coaching staff that they put together. I mean, Freddie Kitchens. Who knows? But what about what who, about the Bengals the and Zach Taylor? Is that a, is that I a hire too? You tell me. Who's the favorite right now to win the 2019 AFC North? The Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens again with Lamar Jackson under center. Yeah. 
is Joe Flacco. No, I'm not going to lie. I th- this, is what I, this is what I really believe. I, I know, I'm going to talk about every team. The Browns, I think expectation is going to be too high for them. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to go, in, oh, we won seven games, seven, eight, and one, blah, blah, blah. And it's different. I always tell people this. It's different to play without expectation than to play with expectation, mm-hmm. right? When people, don't, when people don't expect you to do things, you're exactly right. When people don't expect you to do things, you can go out there, right. fly around, throw the ball, whatever you want to do, all the little gestures, that's cool. But when all of a sudden people start picking you to win divisions and going to the playoffs, it's just a little thing of people reading the newspaper in the buildings and the media is there. You have a little bit more media there. It's, mm-hmm. it's different. Uh, it, the, like you said. It, it, you need a steadying force, a leader at the quarterback position to, to help uh, even all those things out, right? That's, I don't know. Is that, what, is that what they say? I don't know. That's well, why I don't, you tell I don't me know. that all the time. No, I don't. I never tell you it's about the quarterback. I tell you it's about everyone else around you oh, to okay. help the quarterback, oh, right? Okay. The quarterback gets paid all the money, but he needs everyone else around him I felt to make like, him look good. Because I felt like the last time we talked, but when you talk about Pittsburgh, when you talk about Pittsburgh, this is the problem. This is the problem with Pittsburgh now, okay? Because you were winning that division handily with A. B. and Lev Bell. Look assuming, at Spaghetti assuming, back there, assuming, shaking assuming, his head. We're allowed to talk about other assuming, things. Assuming, because I'm gonna assuming that A. B. gets traded, like like Mr. Rooney came out and said. You're, now you're going to I've be talked with, with somebody who's in close contact with Antonio Brown, and he said AB is fully aware that he, the Steelers are trading him. Yeah, Why it's not? not and not by his choice either, but the, he understands that the Steelers. It's are going business. To trade I mean, him. I always tell people this: it's rare to see one guy with one place for so for this whole career. That's rare, and it happens a lot with quarterbacks, but it's rare with everyone else because relationships tend to run dry. They end up mm-hmm. going stale because, again, you know. I think Emmanuel Sanders said it best on on our network. He was like, "AB's broken every record there. He has like, like that's he's done everything you can do in Pittsburgh, and he feels a certain way about certain things. And maybe time for him to move on. It's best for him to move on, and that's okay. That's the business that we're in. That, that that's part of the business. You get traded, you go to a new place, you start over, you make it happen. I'm just concerned with how do you replace that. How do you replace those? You don't yards? is the answer. How are you ever going to replace the third best? He's he's in the top three. Super Bowl era wide receiver. But so, but, but, the simple but, but so, answer is you don't replace right. that. Right. So, so, but so, what do you do to replace that production then? Right. Because Juju comes out and says, "I need AB. He makes me better." You have to change the premise of uh, of your uh, but then, approach. But then That's Tomlin it. says that Lev Bell was the best player on their team, right? So you right. lost the top two best players on your team. How do you replace that production? That's all I'm concerned. I don't know how they do it. Maybe it's free agency. Maybe it's right. you I know, think draft, I, I think, whatever it may I think be. That's the answer. But I think you have to hit on those situations. Now we go to Cincinnati. Uh, depending on who their quarterback, their coach is, is it going to be the quarterback coach for the Rams or not? We don't know. I think they have enough talent offensively. The counter to your point is this is a team that remains talented. Very talented. And, and going into 2019, talk about expectations, there will be zero. And that's Everybody what I'm saying. will be saying. talking about the other team in Ohio, it's, and maybe they will be an interesting and that's factor. And that is what's need, scary. Talk about running dry. The Marv Lewis era ran dry yeah, five years but, ago. But, but, but Marvin did some things that a lot of people like. He took it, that team I'm, from I'm, nothing I'm to make him something. Forward. Okay. But, but think of this, though. A team with no expectation, a ton of talent. Um, you're gonna have high pick with, you know, a guy that I get to see every every Sunday. If he can bring half of what McVay brings, that's gonna be scary to see in Cincinnati. You like Zach Taylor then as a coach? I, I've never I've never met him. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming he coaches quarterbacks, but McVay kind of runs everything in the Rams organization offensively. So I don't know what how much he brings to the table. But it's good to you know he's learning. 
and he's part of something special, and everyone wants to be the piece of something special. So you can be that piece and do it yourself. And you're not like you're going to a team that doesn't have anything. They're loaded. Mm-hmm. They have two running backs, a tight end, wide receivers, I, quarterback. I know. I, I, I'm a little skeptical. Good luck to all those guys who are getting hired off of these uh, high-performing coaching staffs. But it's a little bit to connect it with uh, with showbiz. All those uh, Seinfeld writers, no, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. I don't, I don't even know. I know well, You know who Larry Seinfeld. David is. No, I don't. Oh, stop. I never watched Seinfeld. I've never, I've never but, watched. But to me, it's not funny. You know who Larry David is. It's not funny. I'm not, I don't laugh at like, I don't do the whole, like, where the crowd, they open the crowd can. Like, ah, that don't make me laugh. Yeah, but I you're aware, but you're aware of, I feel I like. I know who Jerry Seinfeld is. I feel Seinfeld like Jules is. talking to Travolta at the start of uh, Pulp Fiction. You saw the movie Pulp Fiction, I, right? I do. I did see that movie. Right. So whether whether or not you watch or enjoy Seinfeld, you are aware of its existence and its success. I know, I've, Yes. Right. But I don't know. I don't like I don't know why it's funny. Okay. That's fine. That's another conversation. The point is it was wildly successful. And so Hollywood executives went out and said anybody who's attached with that show, hey, here's a couple million dollar development deal for the next couple of years. Hey, recreate the magic. Like, hey, uh, don't tell anybody, but that was all Larry David, uh, uh, staff writer. But like, I'm going to take your uh, your couple, couple million, million yeah. if you offer. You know it what to it's me. like? I wonder how much that is happening you know, with anybody. I, can, I know Sean McVay. Like, well, then you're our head coach. Well, that's why the that's why the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury is what they said because they put in his bio like friends with Sean McVay. That's so funny. <laughs> but I'll say this, uh, and that was just a joke. I'm just joking, Cardinals fans. But I'll say this: it's kind of like Dick Wolf. You know who Dick Wolf is? Mm-hmm. Law and Order don't, guy. Don't, see, I yeah, know. But listen, though. But Dick I don't Wolf watch also it, just, but I'm aware of but it. But he just came out with Chicago PD, which is now the new hottest thing out. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, so if I'm a guy, I'm going to go get Dick Wolf. I'm not going to get a guy off of that. I'm going to go get I the see. guy that's made it twice. So if I can, I would go like to Sean McVay, like, listen, I know the Rams are paying you X. I'm going to pay you this. Bring that over here. Mm-hmm. And now we have a battle going on. See, now we can get it, we can get it going. Um, but... Again, that's not the way the league works, and, and so if Zach Taylor's a guy that can go in with a team with no expectation um, and help build them up, because that's the same thing that McVay did with the Rams. The Rams had zero expectation. He was a young quarterback coach, a uh, young play caller, coming in with a team that did zero, and the stars aligned early for him, and then they were able to go out and, and uh, get some talent after scoring some points. I just don't see how attractive Cincinnati is and free agency. Right, compared to like Los Angeles, um, but then to the Ravens, and I think this is going to be re- very important. Um, they have to find a way to keep that defense intact, and they have to make that defense. The defense has to get better. I mean, how how long can Suggs go realistically? They got I mean, some to, young, but they have some young, but they no, have some they young guys do. around them, which which is fine. But even if he keeps, I don't know if he keeps playing or not. It doesn't matter. But I'll say this: offensively, you have to go out and and I and I've heard a lot of people say this: you need to go out and get his old college coach Petrino. Hmm. And bring him on your staff and say, what did you do to put those numbers out there in college? Because we need to do that. And if we do that, then I think the Baltimore Ravens become a Super Bowl contending team in that situation. So many times in the NFL, we like, oh, we have this guy. He ran this. Like, Greg Roman was with the Niners with Colin Kaepernick. But that's not who Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson's not a read option guy. He's a down the field thrower off a play action pass, and they do quarterback runs. Very simple. They they make it. They made it very simple for him. Why not do that? Why not do? And then add pieces around him. Draft around him. You drafted tight ends. Draft some more wide receivers. Draft a running back. Guys that can run, and and then go about it. I think if you if they do that because their defense is pretty much ready to go. 
you add a couple more pieces, I can see people wanting to go like a running back in free agency. I can see them wanting to go to Baltimore. And that brings us back to Levy and Bell, who you predicted uh, would be interested at you least. Wanna know, uh, you want me to tell you where he's going? Are you, are you ready to announce it now? He, he doesn't know this, and they don't know this, but I'm going to tell you where he's going. Because you and, and because I put I I I put it I have a, like a wall with all different types of stuff. Okay, you're but change. you're in a position. I haven't for talked. Real. To, I haven't talked to Le'Veon Bell in two months. That's fine. You but know why? Because everyone was on my like all over me about it. So I just said I told him I was like we're not going to talk anymore. You do your thing. But I'm going to tell you the team that's. But gonna you're do it. ultimately going to be able to impart your advice. I can, but I don't think he'll listen to it. I mean, <laughs> okay, let's go. So listen, Jets. you're you're the Jets. That makes perfect sense. And I'm going to tell you why. I caught wind that this year, if Adam Gates was going to still be in Miami, they were going to try to go get him, Hmm. give him everything that he wanted. Um, Also, the Jets organization, they were looking to do that same thing. So when you put the two together, right? Obviously, that makes sense for you know. Sure, makes per and and, and they he, have and them. he fits his system. Takes they don't the have pressure off of Darnold. All makes all makes perfect sense. You say put the two together, twenty six and eighty four reunion up there. Would is that a viable? Uh, I don't. I don't spot think. I, I, I personally don't think that Adam Gase, and from what I've heard, um, handles those type of uh, type A guys very mm-hmm. well. That's why you saw Jarvis Landry go. Sure. That's why you saw Dominic Sugo. Right. Though he doesn't, he doesn't do well with those guys. Um, what was going on with his eyes? I don't know, man. He was tripping. Good but. thing he. Good thing the uh, football America was already aware of him because if that was the first introduction of oh this my. guy, that was weird because we already have some sense of Adam Gase. But imagine if this was the first we'd ever met him on the big stage like this. We'd be like, well, they got to undo that. You yeah, can't you, let him gotta, be your yeah, head coach you gotta, anymore. You gotta, yeah. No. Um, I just think that he he has to find a way to change his views, but A B is he not. was that's what he was doing. He was changing his view too no, much. I'm talking about like a, this, him yeah. with the players. Like you have to have type A guys. Oh, oh, oh I see. Because those guys here. win games for you. Like Odell Beckham wins games for you, and and those type of guys. But I just think A B may be too much. But I know I know Kyle Shanahan can handle those guys. I know Sean McVay can handle those guys. I know some of these other coaches, Bruce Arians, can handle those guys because he's been around them before. So. Um. Yeah, I don't think A four goes there, but I, I definitely think the twenty six would be. See, a that's jet. what I think. That if it's not the Jets, I think one A for twenty six is uh, is Tampa. I think the you Buccaneers Tampa, make a lot of my, sense. Tampa or Miami, yep. it's all the same. Um. All right. Last thing, Maurice, and then that's uh, then that's got to be it. On Monday morning, the one thing that we're talking about, we uh, this Monday morning. For the Rams and whatever else, and Patrick Mahal, the thing everybody was talking about is Nick Foles almost did it if Jeffrey doesn't drop that ball. What are we talking about Monday morning? Patrick Mahomes leads a last-minute drive to beat the Patriots. And a last-minute drive, says Maurice. And they kick a field goal to win the game. The way the Patriots started their dynasty, that's what he does. Butker! All right, we'll talk to you later on in the week as we continue to get right for the penultimate weekend of pro football action. Only three games remain, Maurice. Four. I know you like the Pro Bowl. That's fine. I wish they would add the Loser Bowl as well, the two last place teams playing each other. There's too much time off. Can't do that. That'd be nice, though. It'd be fun. All right, listen, Maurice, have fun in New Orleans. Eat some grilled oysters. People in New Orleans, be nice to Maurice. Love me. I love you. I love you, too. I wish I were on my way with Maurice. Maybe I'll stow away in, uh, in a bag or something. I'm going with the Rams. 
All right. Anywho, we'll uh, we'll talk to you later on in the week for Maurice Jones, Drew. Be on the lookout for Mount Lombardi. We climbed the football mountain yes. earlier in the week. We'll have that for you. Look for that at NFL.com slash DDFP. Excellent stuff for Maurice and excellent stuff, I'm sure, upcoming from the star of Veep and the new movie coming out on February 8th. Under the Eiffel Tower, here's Matt Walsh. Dave. Dave. All right, now this is fun. Look who's seated to my immediate left, or if you're listening to it, you're about to hear his voice. You've watched him on all manner of uh, comedy stuff over the last, what, like 20 years or so you've been out there now? I've been a performer for 20, 25 years, yeah. Coming up now, you saw the final season of Veep is uh, is upcoming. It sounds like everybody's getting sad. Or are you done already with it? Uh, we you finished filming, it? and uh, we may go in to do some ADR, and then you get on the press train and you do some publicity. So, so. we'll look forward to that. And then yeah. Under the Eiffel Tower premiering February 8th, yeah. uh, five days after Super Bowl 53, eh? Oh, good tie-in. Yeah, I, we made a lovely romantic comedy in France uh, two summers ago, me and uh, Reed Scott from Veep, and uh, this woman, Judith Godresh, and Michaela Watkins, and David Wayne. And, uh, and a woman named Judith Godrush. So go see that. It's like a small indie, but it's sweet. Oh, cool. Well, Please I go mean, see uh, it. Yeah, I know those names, but David Wayne especially. I always love yeah, anything that comes out of those Stella guys. Well, he's normally directing, but he's a very funny actor, too. Yes, he and is. And he's really funny in the movie. Um, and Michaela Watkins. So. I want to I want to hear about uh, your showbiz stories and everything, but let's, let's address the matter at hand. The pain of being a Chicago <laughs> Bears fan right now. The double doink. What do you think? I mean, double doink. Um, Now you saw it, right? I was watching, of course. Uh, It was the haunting. uh, It was our fears become manifest in Chicago. We Hmm. we knew going into that game that Cody Parkey was an iffy, made us all nervous as a kicker, and then lo and behold, the uh, game came down to him kicking a field goal, and he hit a bar again, which is. Crazy, because he hit it like six times this year. I know. And I, That's the way the season ends. I feel better because it was tipped. Like, I, I, I feel bad for the guy, but it was just like everybody. I couldn't watch. I remember leaving my living room. I was with my friends. I'm like, I can't even watch this, because he made the first one when they iced him. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's good. I had a bad, I don't know why it just occurred to me in that moment. This never works. For some reason, it's going to work here. I, when it went through, I thought, oh, I don't know why. I don't think that's I wonder good for what the Cody odds Parkey. are. Like, that'd be a good stat. Like, if you miss it when they ice you and you kick through, mm-hmm. it seems like you'd have a higher probability of kicking it through again. I, by the way, uh, Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass there just pointed out to me that uh, being a, uh, a capable host, I failed to mention that uh, it's Matt Walsh. Is who we're oh, I thought it was like, You're who's, whose line is it? I thought it was like <laughs> guessing who I am. <laughs> Who was it, everybody? Hey, yeah. football fans. Who was just talking there for the last few minutes? Um, uh, I apologize for that. We'll just reference things I've been in that are on my resume and then see. If you people... are. I, I hope this doesn't offend you, but I'm sure you, you have to get that a fair amount out on the streets is you're you're in that. Right. You've yeah, I'm a be character actor, so I'm not like a, a movie star. So, yes, people recognize me, but they don't know my name. That's true. Um, back to Cody Parkey. The thing that I find remarkable about it is, is if you said to him, the one thing that you must do is go out and hit the upright and then have it hit the crossbar, he couldn't do it in 10,000 tries. No. And yet it happened. But somebody touched the ball, which made me feel better. That made me, after like 
morning the next Monday after the game last week. And then it was like, okay, somebody touched the ball. I don't feel as like. Weird part of that is, though, is that that guy didn't make noise about it. They had to go to the eagle guy who tipped the ball. And they said, did you actually deflect? They said, yeah, I did. Why do you, first <laughs> why of wouldn't all, you celebrate that? Why wouldn't you be the hero? Why wouldn't, I mean, certainly I'm vain enough that I would be like, that was me, everybody. Yeah. I'm the hero. And also to take the heat off the poor guy. The yeah. poor little fellas uh, down in the dumps getting booed by the home crowd. Well, he doesn't owe Cody Parkey. He doesn't have to take Cody Parkey off the hook. He's the, that's his enemy. Like, who cares about well, the Well, Parkey. Why should he the, care about the Bears? Maybe there was strife there in the Eagles locker room because that's where Cody Parkey once uh, once toiled, was in Philadelphia. Maybe oh, really? they I don't know if they crossed over, but maybe. Maybe, maybe he was that'd a villain be a great, in that locker room. That'd be some good NFL soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> if that guy were, is best served cold. If, the, if that guy and Cody were roommates like five years ago <laughs> when the Eagles were playing, that's funny. Um, okay, so you're a, a an actual Chicago sports fan. First of all, best steak in Chicago? That's a great question. Uh, I mean, Gibson's is a go-to. Mm-hmm. Go to Gibson's. Yeah, Probably that's, solid. A, that's yeah. a good strong one. Where do you come down on the Chicago wiener? <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, I would say... The Gold Coast Dog is a solid one. There used to be one, Demon Dogs, in the DePaul area, yeah. but I don't think it's there anymore. Oh, is that right? They closed. And then there was one called Bozos. This is like the Northwest. When you start to get to like the Northwest side, those are good. But the goodness of it is like celery salt, big old pickle, and then like you don't need to have the neon green relish, but you need to have some relish and then onion mustard and the poppy seed marianne's bun and the vienna link so a lot of people do it well i like you very much so far but i have to say that uh we we separate on and this. tomato i don't wh- that is salad so, it it's is like so salad gross. yeah it's like hot dog salad yeah it's yeah. so gross by the way it's take, not take this uh, cord and put it over help me here. out there there you go is it better i now? thought that was too close it'd be too intimate but um the uh yeah i don't i, I don't get it you know the uh, that is chicago makes such what's your good dream food. dog if you did a dog. I like when you grill it up, you know, sure. it gets a little char bit of the char sure, on it. Sure, sure, sure. And Get I'll that. put a little dark mustard on it. Some grilled okay. onions or raw. I'm not going to be overly okay. precious about That's that. That's it. No, that's kind of here's, oh. here's here's where I get what some people can say controversial. I'll I'll throw a little uh, strip of ketchup on there. You know, I'm it's a free country and I'll put it on there if I want. That's not that bold. That's kind of boring. It's not boring, and people call me a child for it. That's like a street dog in New York, basically, with ketchup. I know. It tastes good. I don't understand why people are so weird about that. Uh, Put them in order for me. Bulls, Hawks, Bears. Passion-wise? Or White White Sox, yeah. Uh, I'm not a baseball guy, so that goes last. Uh, Bears by a mile first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe, like, in terms of what I watch, I, I would say Hawks. As far as seeing them live, because hockey live is probably the best. Mm-hmm. And then Bulls. And then uh, I'm sort of a Sox fan, I guess, because I grew up on the South Side. But again, I'm not a baseball guy. I, uh, You'll be disinterested to learn. I was in 1992. <laughs> I was in uh, I'm already Glor- disinterested. I was in glorious. Just by your qualifier. <laughs> Chicago Stadium. This- uh, for uh, to watch uh, 66 Lemieux and company hoist the uh, oh. Stanley Cup. What year? 1992. I was wow. there, and and, uh, and um, the uh, I was in the standing room section. I was forewarned: do not root for the Penguins yeah. while you're there. Yeah. I did it anyway. Good for you. Yeah, good Courageous. for you. That was a great team. Um, who is the most athletic comedian? If we had a decathlon of all funny people, who would win it? 
Would you be in the mix? Like like a decath like a for real decathlon? I like, don't know. Well, I've always said that we the, the decathlon would be so compelling if they would choose ten different sports and what they have now. Nobody cares how far you can throw a uh, a javelin. It, it's a meaningless deed in our yeah. society. If they would revise it, it would be the biggest thing going. But anyway. Let me retrofit retrofit your question. Give me like five comedians and I'll rank okay, them. Okay, spaghetti. The, Eddie. Qu- the question is while well, he comes up with those five names, because the question is like, there's a lot of comedic actors like uh, who are fit, mm-hmm. but I don't think of them as comics like stand-ups necessarily, or like guys on SNL, sketch guys like myself who came right. up that way. So give me like five names and I'll rank them. We could do, uh, you can do actors as well. We could do guys from people from V. We could do people from well, not Hangover. Like the, I, I want people. I'm putting people, it at people, you though. People you worked with. You give me five funny people. Give me your five funniest people. What whatever genre they're in, I obviously would be one of them. So but, we'll, we'll have you. We'll have Zach Galifianakis. Last. We'll have, He'll be last. He's fat. We'll have, uh, let's see, who else? We, who, we've had. Uh, I love Zach. Who else is a, uh, we'll do, we'll do Julie Louis-Dreyfus. She's a good athlete. I think I could beat her in a, she's her son, good endurance. Her son plays basketball, right? For, for uh, Northwestern. Yeah, he plays Northwestern. So she could be good at sports. Ergo, she would be the yeah. runner since she has a child. She'd be good at endurance, but I think I might beat her at like a javelin or a disc. I'm just thinking about who, you know, I remember when I first moved out here, he would be outside. I had to work. I was working at the uh, Sony lot nearby where we are here. And I could see down out of the window that I was near Adam Sandler and his pals were always shooting baskets outside. He's probably a scrappy athlete still. He seems to like be a gym rat. Yeah, Yeah. he'd be a good, he'd be up there for uh, winning. Uh, a comedy decathlon. You should program this with ABC, by the way. They would. Let, do you? Did you grow Battle up? Battle Network with stars. Network combined stars. or the superstars. Remember yes, that? Yes. Yes. The great maybe. Gabe Kaplan and Robert ever. Conrad sprinting <laughs> each other. It's amazing. That's that old people. Would be great if they could bring that back? Oh, they will. Of course they will. Like, I'd like to be. They? they they won't consider me for the gig. I don't need to compete or anything. I just would love to be the Howard Cosell of the show. I just wish I could. Yeah. Be on the sideline. Yeah. And also Matt be Walsh, like contrary. You got to get in the pool against Julia Louise Dreyfus. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, what do you think? You speak on behalf of all Chicago Bears fans. Mitchell Trubisky. Go. Uh, I give him a B, B plus for this season. Confident? You like him? Is that- I think he'll be 10% better. Now. Yeah, I think you keep him. Definitely. I think he's definitely going to get better. And I think he can win a Super Bowl for us. I do. I'm I'm on the fence still. That's fair. I think Matt Nagy. What uh, did you think of his last game? Did you watch the last game? I thought he was all right, but I think that what they should have done. What's all right? B, B plus? I mean, Uh, he's not Pat Mahomes. No, but he's but also, can I tell you, Pat Mahomes is not what Mitch Trubisky does well, which is run. You know, mm-hmm. that's I didn't understand why Nagy didn't run him around more in that. He game. might have been injured. He went under the tent in the first quarter. Yeah, they said he, he was had a little a hobbled. Ankle, huh? He was a little hobbled, so that hurt him. But uh, I, I like him. So it, it is it is hard to predict, but I, I still like him a lot, actually. Um, your uh, favorite HBO? I'm, I'm. See, Spaghetti has a lot of questions. He's a big comedy nerd. Like, Who's Spaghetti every, right here? Spaghetti okay. and the Yankees hat Sorry. there. Uh, he has a lot of comedy questions. Go ahead. I'm his vessel. You Great know, to deliver He's the questions. Uh, for wish you. fulfillment. That's a big get, Matt Walsh. HBO a big comedies. Get for this show. Your, your ratings. You're going to get the Walsh bump. You're going to get like four more listeners. <laughs> That's what we call the Walsh bump. Fingers crossed. Um, I don't play the camera enough. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Dave, go ahead. This guy knows showbiz. You see? I know. Um, the uh, the Mount Rushmore. Or no, win, play, show, HBO comedies for me. 
HBO comedies. Uh, well, Larry Sanders, Veep, uh, Silicon Valley, and that uh, we only get three. Yeah, those are the quickest ones that come to mind. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you founded uh, UCB. Yeah. Um, and uh, Emma VP back there, the the other person behind the glass there. Spaghetti Emma too. <laughs> she uh, she wants to uh, take some classes there. She's she's uh, she's a comedy writer. Oh, yeah. you know you should. Yeah. So you want to hook it up? I can't. What do you need from me to hook it up? I'll just like put in a call to say like, hey. Just get on the line. You know the internet, right? www.uprightcitizens. All the teachers are great. I get this question a lot. All the teachers are great. Yeah. Get a class and it will free you up as a writer. It's very, and there's good takeaway. It's not like, oh, you're, it's not like someone is in the room going, you're a genius. They're giving you actual tangible mm-hmm. things you can take away and apply to your writing or your life if you so choose. Why, why so? I'm curious about that. Because I think improv is like writing on your feet. So it's teaching you to make choices that sustain a comic idea that hopefully if there's an audience there, we'll get laughter. So writing is a solitary pursuit, but a lot of writers get stuck with the blueprint or where's it going or are the stakes right? Whereas improv is just like, just keep going and make these intuitive. It teaches you to make intuitive choices to sustain a comic moment. And you find, so uh, th- that's interesting. So you find basically it's a comedic version of choose your own adventure. If you find a dead end somewhere. Yeah, you learn, to, you discipline and- yourself to like follow what's interesting. Like you learn to identify the interesting element or the unusual element. You learn to like ground things in reality. Otherwise people won't be invested or they won't be pulled into your story. You learn things like, so it's also on the acting side, it teaches like rudimentary acting, like how to connect with people on stage. Cause that's ultimately what humans like. They like to see reflected uh, lives. They like to see themselves up there. I'm too old now or else I no, would not. do it too. MVP, no, you're not. I want you to do it though. For you guys should do it together. Oh, do a Monday night it, class. Maybe the whole show should take an yeah. improv class uh, together. <laughs> no, don't dominate the class with like 10 people from the office. That would ruin it. That's too inside. That is terrible, yeah. right? I bet people do that. Because then there'd be all these bits you guys would be impersonating and there'd be giggles and only you guys would be laughing. <laughs> hey, I brought Sully and I brought and I brought uh, Giant from uh, we all were in Sigma Chi together. Now we're taking over this class, right? Yeah. That, that must happen. Uh, no, we try to discourage that or I don't think it's happened. I all don't right. think so. It doesn't right. tend to happen. Um, best wishes to your Hawks this spring. It doesn't look good for them. Can I ask you a question? You may. Give me your uh, predictions for the playoff weekend. I'm very uh, – I don't have any hard winners except for uh, New Orleans and maybe the Patriots. I, 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 like the, uh, I like the Saints by double digits. Big I like big the win, Rams right? by 10. Yeah, really? The, the Rams? By, the one, well, you know what? Didn't maybe? the Cowboys look good last weekend? They did. But and, Seattle's not a great team. Seattle's a bad road team, okay. and I really believe in the Rams. They may, oh yeah, may, maybe there's something too. I don't know if this is too simplistic to to be true, but it has that feel. If you look back through history, teams that come out of the gate red hot and sustain it to the degree that they still win the division and everything else, it, that sometimes they'll go into cruise control in the last six or eight weeks. They'll they'll take something off the fastball a little bit, mm-hmm. or they'll start showing different looks to put more stuff on tape for defensive coordinators to have to contend with come playoff time okay maybe that's what happened and also i think todd Gurley wasn't healthy and i think he's a key factor yeah if if he's a better dominant back than uh what's his name on Zeke? dallas yeah i think so maybe i do he's like more of a highlight reel to me i he's definitely the guy i mean he's, zeke is a beat they're both incredible 
specimens. Like they're incredible athletes. No yeah. Doubt. Okay. So you like the and Rams like, at home. You like the Saints at home. And I'm gonna go with the Chargers up against in Foxborough. The yeah. I just I, I I they didn't they were very vulnerable this year. I totally agree with you. The Patriots. Patriots have have not looked. I mean. By their own measure, this is not a vintage Patriots team. But what they do well is they they won their bye. They got home field advantage. It's what they're they gonna do come well. Out, I know they're going to come out and score first. Like yes, I they're going to like and they got Belichick. They're going to nickel and dime. That's exactly what they're going to do. But th- but let me just tell you this, please. The football gods. I don't know what deal was made with Tom Brady back in the year two thousand, but it was uh, a powerful one. Right. Because he got into that division, and for 15 years, it's it's uh, almost automatic that he doesn't ever have to play in the wild card round. Right. He always now he's a. How do they always get to the title game? It's such a remarkable run. It is by any measure. I it guess. Is. It except is. Except for the fact that really all they have to do is win <laughs> one home game, and they're in the AFC title game. Because they get to play the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills twice. All right. So you, you you suspect the Chargers. I feel that way. We'll see. It's a little bit of self-validation because I picked them in to go to the Super Bowl in the preseason. Great. And then I will take the Chiefs over the Colts. I know it's going to be snowing in KC. Did Ooh, you hear this? No. According like to the weather app. We'll see if it changes. Does that change your pick? No. I love the kid. Mahomes. Too exciting. He's too exciting, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it'll be a lot of pressure on him if they don't come out of the gate. Um, hot. If it's nip and tuck and it's in the second half, that's going to be a lot of pressure on the kid. Yeah, I feel like he's league MVP. That's why I feel like the Chiefs are probably the pick, right? Yep, I yep. think he's got to be the MVP. Yeah. Uh, you're the MVP of the last 15 minutes here. Oh, Matt Walsh, everybody. It. Make sure you check it out. Under the Eiffel Tower premiering February 8th, five days after the Super Bowl. You already have, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be all fresh from your Super Bowl party. You'll have a, fi- a few days to restore yourself. Then you'll start looking around. What am I supposed to do until football season And starts? you'll go see a lovely film about people getting drunk in France and going to vineyards and falling in love. I mean, what a sell job right there. It's true. It's under the Eiffel Tower again, February 8th with Matt Walsh, everybody. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you. Good times with Matt Walsh. Good times with our main man, Maurice Jones-Drew. We'll talk to you later in the week as we continue to get you ready for those two title games and then the Super Bowl beyond. We're heading to Atlanta. But first, we have to figure out which two teams are going to be joining us out there by Sunday night. We will know the answer to that one. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out NFL.com slash DDFP for all the hot pro football talk you can handle and more. Until then, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.